With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, Beauty Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Beauty Report podcast, Energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a Thursday edition of the show. We are in prime time, the last podcast of the week, but we are saving the best for last with a very special guest that we are excited to have on in mere seconds. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my co-host from PewterReport.com. JC Allen. JC, how you doing, my man? Doing great, man. Doing even better. We got uh, Cody coming on here with us to talk a little bit of Bucks football, a little bit of his background, dive into a, uh into you know what makes him tick a little bit. Excited, excited for this one. That's right. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, join the show for the entirety. Bucks second round pick, right guard, Cody Mauk. He's already won the hearts of many Bucks fans everywhere. Cody. Thank you so much for joining the show. How you doing? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing great, man. Can't be can't be much better. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, it's been a whirlwind for you. We were just talking a little bit uh, before the show started. Going from North Dakota to Tampa, uh, obviously, two very different climates. So, just how's it been for you overall making that move and now working out in this Tampa climate, which even in May is absolutely uh, no joke down here. Yeah, it's been a lot. You know, it was the first weekend for rookie minicamp. Um, you know, I've never, obviously never really dealt with this before, being from North Dakota. Um, you know, it gets really hot up there, but even when it's hot, you know, it's it's always humid out here in Tampa as well, yeah. which is a big part of it. So uh, you, you're really praying for those days where, like today, we're a little bit cloudy, a little bit windy. Like, you don't realize how big of a, how big of a deal that, a difference that mm-hmm. makes. So, it's been it's been good though. Just try the biggest thing is keeping up with hydration. That's what I've been trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. You're gonna lose a ton of weight just from like sweating it all out, even in warm ups and stuff like that. So I always make sure when we go to the facility uh, where we park, there's a gigantic Bucks flag, and you're always praying that that breeze is going to be there. I'm like, is this gonna be a good flag day or a bad flag day? Because you can get a good like IG story as well when when the flag is going. But uh, has it been just? acclimating yourself already has it been any times where like oh geez this is uh too much or are you still going steady a couple practices in yeah still going steady obviously learning right now um learning as much as i can from really whoever i can uh just really learning you know not only the playbook and stuff but how to practice how to be a professional just kind of learning everything right now so just trying to take in whatever i can from everyone now, I, I always say for a rookie uh, in any situation, there's so much going on. Obviously, you spend the offseason not really training uh, for your for your position. You're training for the combine. You're training for your pro days, et cetera. So, you know, you have to make that shift from training for an event to training back for football. You throw in the fact that you're in a new city. 
you're in a new organization, new teammates, new playbook, new everything. It's really tough, you know, to, to be able to focus on everything all at, at once. But, you know, obviously talking to, you know, some of your former coaches, you've got the work ethic that you're going to put that in um, and, and really grind. But um, as far as, you know, you said taking it in from your teammates, has there been any of these older guys who kind of like taken you under their wing already and, and just showed you how to be a professional? You know, not not really like no one in particular, just kind of all of them. I think there's a lot of good guys to learn from, but, you know, been getting just reps next to guys like, you know, Rob and Nick and uh, Luke, like Luke, Luke's been helping me, you know, because we're running a lot of combo blocks together. So uh, just trying to kind of learn from him, you know, what he likes and uh, really not no one really in particular, but just a lot of good, good guys around, you know, our the O-line room. Yeah, overall, I think it's a great locker room, specifically yeah. the, the offensive line. A, a, a lot of great dudes that perform well and, and very chill off the field, too. And I think you guys on the offensive line have a couple things in common. You've talked a lot about uh, growing up on a farm and your background there. Luke Gedeke, I remember when he got drafted last year, he was telling us about him growing up on a farm and uh, – he had bring your tractor to school day, which I thought was interesting. And Tristan Wirfs, obviously being from Iowa, there's, uh, you know, a big farmland there. I always know knee high by the 4th of July is uh, the big saying <laughs> over there. Have you guys talked about that background at all? Just uh, the familiarity that you guys have with it. Yeah, not really. No, um, haven't really talked too much about the farming with anyone yet, but uh, you know, yeah, not really. No, uh, talked to Luke a little bit. You know, we trained at the same place, uh, both for our pre-draft uh, process. So we're you know shared a couple stories about that. But yeah, haven't really got into the whole farming stuff yet. Yeah, there's obviously you know coming with farm manual physical labor. Uh, have you taken any of those? Maybe any of those things that you did on uh, as a farmer and incorporated them into your workout or anything like that. Nothing like physical, but there's just all the, you know, intangibles that it comes with. Just like the, you know, waking up early, putting in long days, hard work, kind of resilience. Like, you know, just because stuff goes wrong on the farm all the time. You got to be able to adapt and adjust pretty quickly and, you know, make do with uh, certain circumstances. So it's, you know, relative. I mean, same thing happens in football. You know, you're putting in long days, getting up early, you know, working all the time. So uh, just trying to take really my work ethic from farming uh, to the to the football world as well. I can't help reasons, but think – oh, go ahead, Jason. I was going to say, one of the reasons I ask, and so many just put this in here, Ginger Brock Lesnar has joined the pod. But I remember watching Brock, and he would train, and he'd pick up, you know, obviously life on the farm up in the, in the uh, upper northwest just with logs on his back. And you saw Trishan Wirfs a couple of years ago just <laughs> – carrying around a dead log so just i didn't know if you were doing any of that stuff to kind of stay in shape during the off season you know in college or whatnot and uh you know just kind of adapting that to your workout yeah no i haven't yet but uh you know it's not never too late (laughs) jc i swear to god i was literally about to bring up brock lesnar i know he's a south dakota guy but yeah watching those films and, and everything of that nature one last question about the farm what's the chore or task that you did on the farm that you just hated doing the most? Oh, easily getting in a grain bin and shoveling it out. You know, you get to, you get to the bottom of the grain bin where there's just a couple feet of, of corn or whatever, and it's 95 degrees out, so it's even hotter in a grain bin. And, you know, sometimes there's rotten corn in there. It's, it's It just sucks to go in there on a hot day and 
get all sweaty with rotten corn. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, getting back to the Bucks a little bit and, and their offense, I know Dave Canales, the new offensive coordinator, um, he's putting an emphasis on running the ball, which I imagine is music to an offensive lineman's ears. Yep. And there's going to be a lot of zone blocking this year. And, and I was reading an article uh, where you were interviewed and you were talking about your time at, at North Dakota and that you guys ran a little bit of everything in the run game, whether it was a hat on a hat zone blocking. Um, how much do you think that variety of just the run game that was implemented when you were at school, how much is that going to help you now at this level? Yeah, it should help a lot. Like we ran, you know, any scheme you can think of, we had that in our playbook at North Dakota state. So you at least have somewhat of a familiarity with, with, you know, that scheme or that like, you know, type of run type of protection. So um, just having it all, you know, it's not, it's not new. Like it's almost football is football schemes are schemes. Yeah. There's going to be the caveats here and there, but I think it helped me so much being at North Dakota state and just the complexity of our offense. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously Canales is the one who's implementing the entire offense, but you're working mostly mostly with Coach Goody, a little bit with uh, Coach Gilbert as well. He usually works with the tackles, but Goody, Goody is the guy who's coaching you here. He is pictured right here. I, I tell Matt and I tell all the guys when we're out there, I just I find myself gravitating toward their coaching. I just love their style. They're in your face. They're not apologetic about it, but they're really, really amazing teachers. And you can just see watching the reps, you know, him – taking the time with you one-on-one -on -one, and then the next rep, it's like, you got it. Can you just speak to their level of coaching? They're yelling and cursing at you the entire time. And so far, what's your, what's your feel is from them and, and their coaching style? Yeah, no, I love it. Um, I, I think the things with, uh, you know, any kind of coaching, you know, it, it's always just kind of hearing the, you know, the message, not the tone of it and not that their tone is ever bad, but you know, I mean, if a guy's yelling at you, you know, he's coaching you to get better. You just have to take that and uh, just try to hear what he's saying and try to implement that the next play because you, it, it, as a coach, it's got to be so frustrating when you're trying to teach something and you just keep, you know, the player keeps m messing it up the next play and the next play. And it's, you know, part of it's obviously wanting myself to just, you know, perform as well as I can and, and take in as much as I can, but also, you don't want to let your coaches down. You don't want to let your teammates down. So, um, no, love their coaching style and just trying to, again, two great offensive line coaches. I just want to learn as much as I can from. Yeah, they're, uh, you always hear them on the field there. I think they are two of the loudest coaches that you will find, which I think is always awesome because, you know, the whole coaching staff, it started with Bruce Arians, who's no longer there, but his mantra, well, he's there uh, not as a coach in the front office, but his mantra was always, you know, coach them hard and, and love them later, whether like they're going to get on you for something. doesn't mean that they hate you or anything like that. They're just right. trying to get you better. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about Dave Canales as well, because we're still learning about Dave too, you know, when he got hired as the offensive coordinator, just from getting to talk to him a little bit and, and seeing him coach on the field. I call him the human Celsius. Like he's just a, you know, a real energizer. It seems like he's always like, go, go, go. Very enthusiastic. Just what's been your take of him uh, when he's been running this offense? No, that's exactly what I would say, too, is he just always brings the juice. You know, he's always – he's a positive guy, you know, obviously going to lift you up when he has to, get going to get on you when he needs to. But um, every single time we've had a meeting or been on the field or even just in the hallway, uh, he's always enthusiastic, obviously just loves what he does, which just makes everyone around him want to, you know, play that much more, too, when, when you're just around the right people. So 
uh, yeah, but lo- love to get to know you know him in the offense. It's been it's been a fun couple weeks. Yeah, and you know, you know, coming into the league, obviously you played left tackle, a couple games at right tackle as well, but you came in as a tight end. Can you just talk about that transformation? What made you? Was it just a numbers game where you know there there was a better option for you to to play at tackle? How did that switch come ar- come arise? And then obviously the work that you put in to get there, gaining weight, gaining, you know, learning that position, um, and then ultimately succeeding and becoming a second-round pick. Yeah, really what led up to it, you know, it was never really in the cards early on to to switch over. That wasn't ever really the plan. Uh, it was kind of just, you know, our strength coach knew I could put on some weight, uh, got on the got on the plan. I was putting on, you know, our one to two pounds a week that we, that we teach, and all of a sudden – I gained 40 pounds and it's like, well, I could keep gaining more. So then the coaches, you know, started to have some conversations about it. And I ended up, you know, eventually moving into tackle and then it's a whole other game. You know, it's, it's the offensive lines, its own thing. It's, it's crazy how complex it is for how, you know, easy it seems what you do, you know, you're just blocking people, like how much actually goes into it. So had to learn from, uh, you know, a lot of good, a lot of the older guys, kind of the way to go, as it always is as a young guy. You know, you want to yeah. learn from the older guys. So, uh, really just took in from them as much information as I could and uh, then tried to become that older guy and that leader myself for the younger guys at school. You still got the hands? What's that? You still got the hands? Never lost them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, you have to maybe get I out would, there for uh, some motion sleeves. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, they did it with Vita Vea, so uh, you know maybe they can come up with a package. Warren Sapp caught a touchdown pass, didn't he? War- yeah, Warren Sapp too. I was curious when you're putting on that weight. Is it just like are you eating more? Are you lifting differently, or, or putting on more weight? What was the what was the exact process with that going from tight end to offensive tackle? Yeah, really what it was was monitoring my weight all the time. You know, I would check my weight a couple times a day, just always want to know where I'm at. Um, And, yeah, I'm eating all the time, but, you know, we're on developmental lifts where we're lifting heavy four times a week in season because we're we're redshirting, we're not going to play. So, and I even did two years of that. Even my, you know, I I traveled with the team my uh, redshirt freshman year but I was still doing the heavy four days a, a week because I wanted to, you know, we wanted to keep gaining that progress. So it was eating all the time, lifting all the time and just getting, getting to know your body really. I mean, I'm to a point now where I can just kind of feel myself and be like, Oh, I'm probably about three Oh six today. And, you know, you're usually pretty good with that. A lot of that humidity down here, you know, you lose, like Matt said, you lose a lot yeah. of weight. So you're going to have a couple extra meals and stuff like that. And speaking of extra meals, I have to know, how you became a, such a such a yelper? Uh, how did that start? How did that begin? Um, and to be honest, I, I love reading some of your reviews. But where did that where did that come from? Shoot, it was just we were on a trip. Me and my you know, some of my buddies went on a trip somewhere. You know, we might I think we drove out to one of my teammates, one of my buddies' place in Wyoming. So we made the the drive out there, and we stopped at some places along the way. And it's really just a joke. I mean. I take the reviews seriously. I try to be a little bit funny with them, but I'm, I'm serious about the reviews. Um, but it started out as kind of a joke, and uh, I, was, I was on it for a little while. I kind of fell away from it for a little while. But, yeah, you know, with all this, these restaurants down here, I might have to get oh, yeah. back into it. 
I noticed your last one was walk-ons and you were quite a fan of that one. We've got two locations and they actually were last year. They were Peter, uh, Peter Reports Game Day sponsor. So oh, we'll have to put sweet. in a good word in for you yeah. to get you some meals. Devin oh, yeah. White actually owns the one, your, your teammate up yeah. here in Lutz. So, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I did uh, not know that. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes uh, full circle. I oh, was yeah. curious. I know you're extremely busy just learning the playbook and being at the facility every single day. Um, so I don't know how much you've gotten to really see of the city of Tampa, but is there anything you're like looking forward to doing here in Florida that maybe you wouldn't be able to do back home? Uh, you know, I was, we, we, we got to go to a Rays game the other day. That was fun. That was definitely, you know, best team in baseball. That's yeah. uh, that was something that I wanted to go see. So was happy we were able to do that. Um, otherwise, I, you know, I'd like to, you know, get out on the water, go to the beach, go maybe fishing or something. Um, if we can find some time for that in the time I'm down here for the next couple weeks, absolutely would love to do that. Yeah, Luke, I, know Kalisha, Luke. I, I know Kalisha Cansey threw out the, uh, the first <laughs> pitch of the race game the other day. Didn't go crazy well. <laughs> you, you've thrown out the first pitch as well for a, a local team back home, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, how did that one go? I only saw pictures. I didn't get to see a video, but was a strike down the middle? I was I was just trying to throw her as hard as I could. <laughs> Might have been a little bit outside, but uh, I mean, yeah, I, I love baseball. I played baseball growing up. Uh, love baseball. I was going to ask you what uh, what sports you played growing up. Uh, bas- uh, ba- sorry, baseball. I know basketball as well with the uh, the whole tooth incident. But anything else? Yeah, baseball, basketball, football. Uh, did track and field, and uh, I, I did golf for a couple years as well. Love. What was your sport in track and field? I threw the javelin, discus, and shot put. I, I know Tristan was doing that too. So another thing you have in common, and another thing you have in common there, Luke uh, Gedeke is an avid fisherman. I've seen a couple things. He was just out there with Tristan. They almost caught a wahoo. Uh, he actually reeled in a shark. It was like it was huge. It was like the size of him. Yeah. But uh, I, I know once you guys have some free time, link up with Luke. He's definitely a, a big fisherman. Um, you know, speaking of like things, you know, you like to do on your downtime what are some other things you enjoy whether it's like i don't know tv shows activities just kind of things you know to to entertain yourself are you a gamer or Uh, you know i kind of do yeah i mean i'll watch tv i'll play some games um my biggest thing is uh you know i like to go hunting hunting's big up in north dakota so go shoot some birds or you know haven't been able to deer hunt in the last couple years just because it always falls right during football season right it's just yeah. tough to get out, but love to go out and shoot some pheasants or something. And, uh, you know, I have a three-year-old dog as well, so uh, yeah. just do stuff with him. You know, like to bring him with to, uh, to to the hunts and stuff. You know, watch him work. That's fun. But yeah. otherwise, yeah, go go take my dog for a run or, you know, just really hang out with my butt. You know, we, we've got big into disc golfing in the last couple of years. Too. I love that. Okay. That's, a, that's a fun time. You know, it's hawk season right now, so once you guys are off, on break, uh, you can just scoot down right up the road and go go hog hunting. That's uh, that's what I heard. I'm gonna have to try to do that because that uh, that sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Now you mentioned your dog Motley, who was named after the band Motley Crew. It was an obligatory question from our boss. We got to know uh, your favorite Motley Crew song, potentially your favorite Motley Crew album, and uh, your favorite member of the band. Yeah. Um... I'll pick more of a ballad and go like home sweet home. Just always, yeah. always good feels when you listen to that, you know? Awesome. Um, but, and it all, it, obviously it changes. Shoot. If I'm, li- if I'm listening before a game, 
I'm gonna be listening to something a little bit more like Livewire, like you know, like yeah. Yeah. kickstart my heart. Something yeah, like exactly. That. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, that's and there for album, you know, it might be like I don't know, too well, maybe like Decade of Decadence or Doctor Feelgood album, maybe one yeah. of those two. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Did you ever see The Dirt on Netflix? Oh yeah, it was really awesome when that came out. So Loved good, it. such yeah, a good. That was great. I got to see yeah. Motley Crue live. Also, so that was. Oh, fun. nice. Yeah. Where'd you see them at? They were at the Fargo Dome up in uh, Fargo. Ah, oh, that's awesome. I haven't seen them live, but like that would be a band. I, I respect like all music. I, I think people try to put people in a box of like, oh, you weren't alive then, or well, yeah, you don't like this type of music. Like, I don't know. A good song's a good song. It doesn't really matter right. like who it's by, what genre it is. Good, good music is good music. They just did the draft too, didn't they? I think they, they just... did, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, definitely. Is that more of your like genre style? Are you or are you kind of eclectic? What's your? Well, obviously, you know, you're a big Taylor Swift fan. Uh, but what's your musical style? Your taste? Yeah, I'd say you know I grew up listening to like the hair metal, '80s hair hair bands. That was just <laughs> what my parents would listen to. So I was always on that. Still love that. And the older I got, you know, I got into, like, I like some, like, you know, country music as well. And really any kind of country, anything from, like, George Strait all the way to Hardy. Like, I, I, I like I like most kinds of music. So, uh, it's, I'm a pretty easy guy to please. Uh, speaking of good taste, uh, the best tasting energy drink around, of course, is Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. They have a variety of flavors, so many awesome ones to choose from. The Oasis Vibe is one of the newest ones they got out there. Can't go wrong with the Sparkling Lemon Lime or Sparkling Orange either. I'm also a huge fan of the Arctic Vibe. That's my personal favorite. Strawberry Lemonade is great as well. Zero sugar, no crash or post-energy drink jitters that you might get from uh, other products out there. If you want to find out where to get a Celsius, go to the store locator on their website, punch in your address, and it will tell you the exact closest location where you can find a Celsius energy drink, whether it's your local Walmart, Target, your convenience store, 7-Eleven, or your bodega. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Cody, I want to go back again to uh, North Dakota just a little bit. What made you choose that school in the first place? What made you fall in love with it? Well, really, for me, it was the closest, you know, big-time college college program near us and you know thankfully it was you know within an hour of us but yeah uh and just the success that they had had while I was growing up you know from 2011 until 2022 winning I don't even know you know seven eight nine ten eleven championships whatever it is like they, you know they're winning it every year so uh it, it was just always kind of the school I wanted to go to I have family that went there friends and uh you know, just a lot of respect for the football team. And that was, I mean, it was a pretty easy choice for me. Yeah, we uh, love- yeah go ahead, JC. Sorry. I was going to say, it's, it's that culture too, right? A lot of people, uh, it's not a destination school. People aren't from the city or from Florida or from maybe California and say, ah, I want to go to North Dakota State. So it's that kind of that, that those, those homegrown boys and those homegrown girls that are from that area that are going to that school for the most part, right? So you, you feel like, you must feel like you have um, – you know, a, a sense of home, even though you're not at home. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you, you have another family as well, as it always is with a football team. And, uh, you know, we, we, yeah, we were able to get you – know, by the time I had gotten there, you know, they were on such a good win streak that, you know, we were 
we're getting recruits from all over the place. Like we're getting guys from Florida. We're getting guys from Lakeland, you know, right out here, um, California. So it's, it it has become more of a destination spot in the, just because of all the success that we've had. But yeah, it's, uh, that's one of the biggest things is just the culture up there. Um, I'm glad you about it. We talked about it a little bit earlier about that you move from one side to the other side at, at offensive tackle. Tristan Wirfs is kind of going through that right now where he started at right tackle, all pro, did a fantastic job. They're moving him over to left tackle. And the best way he described it last season when he was talking about it was uh, it's kind of like driving a car on the other side of the road, like if you're going to Europe. For you making that transition, um, how long did it take you to kind of get acclimated to that? Um. You know, thankfully, when I first started playing offensive line, I was kind of all over the place between, well, I mean, just tackle, but right side, left side, every day, it could be different. So I got a good feeling for both of them right away. But then I had just been on the left side for three, four years for so long that um, I I agree with it. You know, it's just a little bit unnatural. Everything in your mind is just a little bit flipped. So, uh, you know, that now just feeling so much more comfortable kicking to my left than my right but uh you know i'm coming around to it i mean i uh and also just moving inside as well everything's a little bit different at guard so uh you know just kind of learning every single day uh, a little bit more about it uh, i'm glad you brought up lakeland uh because you know you have a former teammate there's a current teammate from lakeland and uh and josh hayes so how is how is that relationship seeing him realizing he's coming to the box you know first guy's First time seeing each other again after, you know, a year apart because he, he went over to K-State. But how's that, uh, having a guy that you are comfortable with, know, and, and coming into the program? Yeah, no, it was awesome. We played three or four years together at NDSU. So, you know, you get close with – and he was in my class, so you get close with those guys. Uh, you know, when we were watching the draft, uh, we were at – I was at another buddy's draft party, and, you know, we look on the TV, we see – Josh got drafted, and we're all just so pumped up. Like, how sweet is that? We get to be teammates again. And uh, it's been fun to catch up with him a little bit. You know, he just you have that familiarity already with him where you're, you know, kind of like uh, like the inside jokes. You you just kind of, you know, yeah. form over time. Uh, you can just kind of – you're already there with him. So it's been fun to see him and talk to him again. Who is your roommate for the for the rookie group? Uh, I actually don't have a roommate. I've got pretty blessed and have my own room. So nice. Can uh, can spread out a, a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm curious. How'd you get the nickname Tud? Well, so what it was was uh, growing up. Well, I guess I was really young. You know, my brother. I have an older brother. He's about a year and a half older than me, and he always struggled saying Cody, and he it would come out as Toady, and you know, also when he's young, it just Toad, you know, just kind of like that. <laughs> and it just somehow turned in. My uncle, you know, started calling me Tud from it. So uh, it's, it's stuck ever since I was probably three, like two or three years old. Uh, this uh, actually, Ward Burns brings up the next question I was going to ask. Just asking, uh, obviously, there's uh, some really good defensive linemen that you guys have been going up against this season. Uh, who are you are you excited to go up against? Anyone in, in particular? As you mentioned, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox. Uh, there's uh, kind of a murderer's row coming up there at defensive line with some of these opponents. Yeah, no, I, I'm really excited for all the challenges. Uh, I've never really been a guy who I just kind of, you know, like to point out, you know, them and I want to beat them. Obviously, I want to beat everyone, but um, just 
I, I got. I think there's a little bit more to worry about before that. You know, I would still want to. I want to go try to win the job first of all. Yeah. Um, you know, play against the guys on our team, our D linemen, and then you know, kind of get to the point where then I'm more comfortable. I guess saying who I would go up against. You know, I don't really. You know, you you, you know me. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's still a long way until yeah. uh, until the season starts, and you're you're fighting for a job there um, and trying to win it, but. Um, so then who did you look up to as far as offensive linemen, whether it be exterior, interior guys that you kind of maybe took some things from and, and molded your craft after while also developing your own style? Yeah, one of the biggest guys that I like to watch uh, for, you know, the last many years was Joe Staley. You know, I, I was even just – I was a tight end, and I still was kind of intrigued with, you know, his story, the way he – very similar story to me, you know, smaller school – um, gained a bunch of weight, moved tight end to O-line. And uh, so I would always watch Joe, just, you know, athletic guy. Like, just, I like to watch him. And, you know, think, I was able to train with him this last offseason. Nice. So, uh, you know, the pre-draft, pre-combine time, uh, Joe was kind of, you know, the O-line guy training us. So that was kind of full circle. Uh, pretty sweet to be trained by a guy that you grew up watching all the time. No way. That's, uh, that's incredible. Uh, like we were saying before, you're really busy. We talked about the schedule briefly, but I, I don't know if you peeked at it a little bit. First game of the season is at Minnesota, generally in closer to the area uh, where where you played school at and grew up at. Uh, I imagine, are you going to have a bunch of family going to that game? Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of them, yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, it's it's four hours away for uh, from my hometown, but that's nothing out, out in the Midwest. That's a yeah. real quick drive, so... Uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of family and friends there. And then later on in the season, the Bucks go to uh, Lambeau Field to play the Green Bay Packers. Going to be a pretty cold one. Are you the most suited to play in that type in that type of weather on the Bucks? Well, shoot, I mean, with how cold it gets in North Dakota, uh, got to be up there for one of them because yeah, it is uh, it is pretty brutal the uh, the cold up there. So hopefully, I'm a little bit used to it. Hopefully, I don't get a uh, you know, soft out here in this Florida heat. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, I'm from New York. Uh, JC is from Massachusetts. We grew up in the cold. But when you come down to Florida and then you, like, you go back and visit, the first couple times you're like, damn, like, that Floridian blood thing is is kind of true. Did you, have any, did you have any tricks of the trade of when you're playing in freezing cold weather? Or is it just kind of like a state of mind type of thing that you just got to overcome it? No, it's really just a state of mind. You know, I was – you know, thankfully, we, we had a dome that we played in. Um, but, you know, there are teams that didn't have domes, and it would be cold. And um, No, n- never. The, the biggest thing is if you can keep your hands warm, the rest of your body, you know, that's really – you get to the point where you're, like, you're trying to squeeze, and it's just so slow. Your reflexes are just so slow. If you <laughs> keep your hands warm, it helps the rest of your body stay warm as well. So getting by the heater on the sidelines is always pretty nice. Um- <laughs> I was going to say, it, it's no joke down here, as Matt was saying. Once you're down here and acclimated, your blood thins out 60 degrees, you're like, I need a hoodie. <laughs> Whereas 60 degrees up north, it's like shorts and T-shirts time. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Mm-hmm. We've gotten inundated kind of on, uh, on the chat, and everyone wants to know because uh, obviously there's a couple other uh, redheads on the team and, and Co. Keith and, and Ryan Jensen. How's the sun treating the skin down here? They want to, my son's a redhead, so I know I got to load him up on sunscreen if we're going to be out there. How's the sun treating you down here? Uh, yeah, it's been fine. I've just been making sure anytime I even think about going outside, 
Um, shoot, if I'm just walking over to the indoor, uh, I almost need to put sunscreen on it because two minutes out in that in the sun, I could probably get burnt. So, yeah. no, it's been fine. I just have to make sure that I'm, uh, you know, always wearing sunscreen. Just thinking about it that way. Yeah, we have a lot of great fans that are uh, super excited that you're here in Tampa. Uh, Braden says, Cody, dude, what's up? I'm from North Dakota, too. Glad to see you make it to the big leagues and on my favorite team, too. So nice connection there. Ward Burns with the $10 Super Chat. Thank you, Ward. Appreciate it. Says, welcome to Tampa, Tud. The city already loves you. Can't wait to see you put dudes on their ass this year and years to come. So it was almost, you know, serendipity or it was meant to be that you came to the Buccaneers because your high school team were the Pirates. And I know that you're a badass offensive lineman now, but not only could you throw it a little bit playing in an emergency quarterback role, but you can uh, you can kick and punt it too. Is that correct? I, I was the kicker on our team, yeah. <laughs> what was your range like? <laughs> oh, shoot. I don't even remember where we – you know, it would bounce into the end zone and, and we would all go crazy because <laughs> we saw it so far but yeah you would be shocked at how, how small my, my hometown was so, <laughs> so you you're not an emergency kicker if they need one <laughs> i mean shoot if they need it, I, i'll figure it out but uh just gonna go <laughs> kick it as far as i can that's great so what happened with the uh the emergency quarterback situation um how, how many snaps did you play i know some people were impressed by the way you were slinging it but can you tell us like what happened in that moment well yeah it was I had been a quarterback for most of my life. When I first started playing in you know fifth grade, all the way up until ninth or tenth grade, I was I was a quarterback. So I had always kind of had that experience. And then I played tight end for a couple of years. But then you know my senior year, our quarterback had a little AC joint issue, finished the game. So I went in and you know played uh, the rest of that game at quarterback. And then the next probably two or three games as well at quarterback. And uh, it was, uh, it, it was fun to get back to that a little bit, you know, uh, always love tight end, but when, when you can, uh, when you can touch the ball every play, especially in small, small town, nine man, uh, North Dakota football, it was, it was a lot of fun. That's right. What was that adjustment like going from a nine man team to, you know, the, the traditional 11, was there much of an adjustment or just, Oh, all right. There's a couple extra guys. Yeah, it wasn't too much. I mean, if anything, like any high school to college player, it's just the speed of the game, obviously. And that was probably even more amplified because there's probably a speed difference from nine man to 11 man high school football. So uh, add that on to playing division one college football as well. So the the numbers never really affected me much. It was just kind of the speed. Now, I know a lot of people from the upper uh, upper mid Northwest or upper Midwest rather uh, you know, you talk to Tristan. They're big-time wrestling fans. Um, are you a wrestling fan, whether it's professional or if, or if you want to call, uh, you know, the WWE, AEW professional wrestling or the amateur wrestling, Olympic wrestling? Are you a fan of either of those? I love WWE growing up. Yeah. Oh, let's we go. Had, my brother and I had the belts, uh, nice. all the swag. We would go on the trampoline and walk out from our patio to, like, <laughs> all the walkout music, and we would have – we were we were big into it. I did like the same exact thing, Ron. Everyone, yeah, everyone did, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I try not to break someone in half, and then right. you know, yeah. my God, he's broken in half. <laughs> yeah, and I, I would always do like the. It doesn't matter what you think, you know, like that type of thing. With do you the rock still watch? No, I haven't been as big. You know, if I'm in a hotel on a Friday night or something, I'll watch SmackDown or something. But 
haven't really kept up with it a whole lot. Yeah, you're a you're a pretty busy guy, so uh, <laughs> so understandably. And you know, we were saying earlier, Bucks fans have already just loved you based on other press conferences and and learning about you and and reading some things about you. And I think one of the fun things that you had at North Dakota State was these uh, celebrations after getting uh, yes. first down. Do you plan on bringing that to Tampa or kind of earning your piece first and then implementing it along I the way? I think I'm going to go more that route. I think I'm yeah. going to earn it, you know. Um, and I don't – I never have done it or, you know, do it, uh, you know, about myself. It was always just sure. kind of a fun thing. But still, yeah, still, I still don't want the wrong Earn it first, and then uh, then we'll see what happens after that. Now, I, I heard that you and some of your teammates uh, during the season or whatever, just hanging out, you guys would come up with your own Mount Rushmore list of, of different topics that you guys would talk about. Uh, do you remember any of the topics you guys would get into, or do you have a Mount Rushmore of your favorite Mount Rushmores? Oh shoot, yeah. Um, we would, you know, we would sit in the in the hot and cold tubs before and after practice, and yeah, we would just rip these all day. Um, some of the best ones, I think, are uh, road trip snacks. That is always a fun one. Gets oh, yeah. a lot of options. Um, I think the best one is, uh, you know, best time to have a drink, you know, a beer, whatever. Just kind of best time to have a drink. That that was always a fun one. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that's my one one yeah. all the time. <laughs> Um, and then a couple other ones are just pretty basic ones. Like we, we would do, you know, like a Mount Rushmore of the worst things like that we go through at NDSU, just like <laughs> the hard workouts, the hard lifts, like yeah. just kind of, you know, having fun with that. And probably the last one's just like any kind of drink or snack or just something like that. It was anything you can imagine. We, we were kind of doing, doing it all. Yeah. You Talking just kind of. Just shooting the crap with the boys. No, that's all. That's all I was gonna say. Is just shooting yeah. the crap with the boys. It's so also yeah. and just like to piggyback off Matt said. You know the, the celebrations and then the camaraderie you had with with your teammates. You know talking to Coach Larson, he said one of the biggest things that you you know impacted your teammates with was you just go out there and have fun, and, and that's something that spread contagiously throughout the team. And uh, you know some some people they come in, it's all about work, it's all about the grind. And they can lose track of why they started playing football in the first place. How do you keep grounded like that? How do you, you know, how do you keep grounded playing at such a high level with such pressure on you playing a kid's game, really? That's really exactly what you said. That's how I kind of keep grounded is um, obviously playing at a very high level and you're in college playing at a high level too, but, uh, and it's obviously important, but it's still, you just got to think, Hey, we're playing a kid's game. Like, how blessed are we to be able to do this? Um, like, yeah, it's our job, but why not have fun while we're doing it? You know, for me, when I have fun, it makes me play even better. And uh, so it, took, it took Coach Larson a while to come around to my style. <laughs> he said that. Did he say that? <laughs> he said, he said, at first I was, I was unsure. Yeah, was he, was, <laughs> he thought me joking around meant I wasn't locked in or whatever. But, uh, no, I mean, that's just kind of how I am and how I always have been. And, and, and to each their own, like people who are always, you know, like straight face have to be locked in. That's, that's how they get ready for games. That's how they play. It's, it's, it's what they do. So, uh, um, and I try to not be annoying with how much fun I'm having, but, uh, 
I just kind of, yeah, like everyone to kind of go about their own process, their own way on how to get ready and play games. Is it kind of like you can flip the switch when you need to, in a sense? I would say so. I think you always, I think you have to be able to flip the switch. Like you, I'm obviously, you know, a fun, loving, whatever guy, but you have to have a different mentality to play offensive line and to play it at such a high level. Yeah. Uh, so right. you have to be able to, whether there's a switch or not, you have to be able to have whatever that is in your brain to just kind of flip, I guess. Yeah. Like you said, <laughs> you have to be a switch. Yeah. So obviously it's early. You still have a lot of work to do and obviously you want to earn that spot. But me and Matt were talking the other day, we kind of have a predetermined nickname for you and Jen, Ryan Jensen, the bash brothers, because <laughs> you know, you guys are both going to be in there and I know Ryan, you know, excited to play next to you and telling he's going to, you guys are going to F some people up. So if you win that spot, that's how I'm going to refer to you guys. But I know we only have you for a couple minutes left. Um, man, if you didn't have anything, I was going to put you guys both on the spot I and just, ask you to oh, go ahead. Yeah, I just have one quick thing talking about, you know, your style of play, just watching your tape. You're a guy that there's playing to the whistle and then there's like not going over the line by any means, but you're almost playing to that second whistle. And I think one of the things that really stood out to me, and this goes in hand with the the zone blocking scheme that the Bucks are going to implement. I love the way that you're able to, you know, block a defensive lineman or, you know, help with the double team like you were talking about with uh, with Luke Gedeke, and then get to that second level and yeah. find that that linebacker. Would you say that's one of, like, more of the, the top levels of your game in run blocking? Just the way you get to that second level, man, it's just – it's not easy because you're trying to hit a moving target at the same time. So there's definitely timing and skill to it for sure. Oh, for sure. And it takes a lot. It, it's not only that, it's – the you have to mesh well with the people you're playing next to as well. You have to, you know, feel that that was my left guard in college. We, we knew each other so well. I knew exactly how much help he needed. And you're just trying to get to that point with the guys here now. And it, that's definitely one of the better parts of my game. Just, you know, using my athleticism a little bit, to, you know, pop the guy here and then uh, get up to the second level and just kind of block in space. What's your favorite thing about, about blocking? Is it, is it pulling? Is it getting to that next level? Is it, Putting someone on their ass, like, what's your favorite thing that you uh, that you enjoy blocking? I think it's got to be putting someone on their ass. Like, I mean, <laughs> like you said, like the way I always, you know, I, I think of, you know, there's playing to the whistle, but playing to the echo of the whistle is kind of the way I go about my game. Just and uh, and I, yeah, I just like to finish people. Yeah, we saw that at the senior ball a ton too. I mean, you were pancaking guys and moving to different positions as well. But JC, uh, the floor is yours for whatever you wanted to put us on the spot about. Yeah, I want to put you guys both on the spot. Talk about Mount Rushmore. It's talked about, you know, uh, WWE wrestling. I want to put you both on the spot here. And Cody, you're the guest. So I'll, I'll start with you. Give me your Mount Rushmore of WWE superstars. Okay. Um, okay, and you, you got to give me a little bit of grace here because I grew up, you know, obviously watching Attitude, error, ruthless aggression, yeah. You're different errors, yeah. errors. So, uh, for Same. me, all right, I got, and I'll give a little bit of a reasoning with each of them if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, I loved, John Cena was always my guy. I had all this swag, the You Can't See Me sweatbands, had the <laughs> WWE spinning belt when he was the champion. So, he, he was always my guy, loved him. Uh, also the undertaker was another guy that I loved. It went, went up, uh, as the undertaker for Halloween for two years. So <laughs> I, awesome. uh, I, I loved him. Uh, I, I'll also, I liked, uh, Shawn Michaels too. 
just kind of, you know, and I, no, I'll just say Sean Michaels because, you know, the whole DX thing and also just himself, like the little, I would cut my shirts like he did, you know, where they're like the poncho or whatever, like the, I would cut them like that all the time. (laughs) And uh, lastly, I think, uh, (laughs) there's so many guys, I, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to go with, um. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hell yeah. Yeah. And, and the only reason I put him so late is because he was kind of, obviously a little bit before my time, kind of came back in a little bit after. But um, when I was like heavy into it, I don't really think he was a- around too much for WWE at that time. Good list. Absolutely, absolutely fair. Um, we have like a lot of similar ones for sure. Uh, my order would be The Rock, number one. I just, I love The Rock. If you smell, like I still get goosebumps when you hear that. The catchphrases, the eyebrow raise, all that stuff. You know, whipping your candy ass, all that. Uh, Stone Cold, <laughs> I put two. The beer, yeah, Jabroni. The beer, the beer with Stone Cold, bashing it together. The mm-hmm. stunners. All the time he stunned the McMahons, absolutely. Uh, by the way, Shawn Michaels, not on my list, very close, but. His intro music, Sexy Boy, has to be, like, number Ooh, one without yeah. question. Number three, John Cena. Just because, like, growing up at the same time, I remember my sixth grade birthday party. The SmackDown, right, we were going to, like, a house show. But the SmackDown right before, he lost his U.S. title, the Spinner one. And I was, like, absolutely devastated. I was so sad. <laughs> uh, but I got over it. The fourth one, I'm honestly torn between... I know you said The Undertaker. I'm also thinking like old school, like a Ric Flair or something like that. I got to go with The Undertaker, though. The American badass. just And then like when he came back as the dead man and all the spooky stuff that he did, that would be my list. There's so many great options. But uh, yeah, great question, JC. What's really yours? Yeah. yeah, so I, I think we all have similarities on our list. Obviously, I think The Rock – Definitely for everything he did transcending the sport, taking that mantle, the amazing matches he had with Stone Cold and then continuing after Stone Cold had retired, which brings me to Stone Cold as well. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm a little older than both of you guys, so he was definitely the attitude error. Him and Mike Tyson, the battle, the epic battles that he had. I still remember being at the Garden for WrestleMania uh, when he went against Shawn Michaels, who's on my list as well because he's go. just an amazing wrestler. DX, as you said, Cody, I, I got to have him there. And, and it, it's tough for me for this last one because there's guys that I love. Like, I was a big Kane fan growing up. I loved Kane. But I can't put him there over whoever I want to. And then you mentioned the old school guys like uh, Flair and Hogan have done so much for this. But I still have to go with Taker. I'm right there with you. I mean, he's just yeah. the whole aura, the <laughs> transformation <laughs> From the dead man to the American badass, back to the dead man, the streak. You look at every, you know, any of the documentaries you watch on the take here just blows my mind. I leave John Cena off this list because even though he's from my next door neighbor town where I grew up, because I think John Cena single-handedly destroyed and saved wrestling at the same time. (laughs) And the reasoning why is because without John Cena, WWE probably wouldn't be there. I mean, he literally kept that company afloat when everybody else left, him and Undertaker. But he also ushered in the era of all the kids in the PG era. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it moved from attitude ruthless aggression into the PG era. So it's like, eh, you know, but he's right there too. I mean, you can't take away what he's done. But yeah, that was awesome. I love doing that. That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. 
Cody, we can't thank you enough for your time. Appreciate you joining the show today. Uh, any yeah. last message you want to say to the Bucks fans who are going to be watching you this season? Shoot, no, just excited. Uh, I mean, you can already sense the love from this fan base, how awesome the fan base is. Uh, so many awesome people have reached out to me and really just excited to, to be able to play in front of all of them. And uh, um, that's about it. Just a just lot, lot of love from the Bucks fans. And now for the Bucks fans as well. Woo. Awesome. Love, Love hearing it. Cody, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the field soon. Best of luck this season. Sounds great. Thank you guys so much. See you next All week right, Cody, Cody Mouth, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we will see him at OTAs very soon uh, as we continue the show. I uh, just want to talk about Celsius one more time. Of course, Celsius is the presenting sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. You heard me talk about all of their uh, variety of flavors before. Um, of course, if you want to get it in bulk, get that variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Um, you can have it sent to your house or apartment every week, month, quarterly, yearly, whenever you want it. Just make sure you are drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. We've got a couple more minutes left of the show. It is just myself and JC, but that's all right. I mean, listen, we're not Cody Malk, but, uh, you know, we can uh, we can still bring it, no pun intended, to the rock. But, man, that was a super fun <laughs> – that was a super fun interview. I mean, you could see why Cody just automatic. oh, we forgot to ask him about the violin. We'll ask him about oh, that. Yeah, we'll get that, yeah. Yeah. As Wayne says, go, Todd. <laughs> Ward yeah. says buying the, the jersey now. Yeah. I mean, um, how can he not? 69 plus he's a yeah, hell, of yeah. A <laughs> hell of a person hell of a player i mean i, I i'm i'm a big fan you know i know we're not supposed to be because we're supposed to be indifferent and you know my opinions will always stay that when writing or reacting but big fan of the person at least um, yeah exactly and i think people got to understand you got to remove like you know not biases by any means but you know some people you just know better than others whether they're around in the locker room or whatever it may be that doesn't right. prevent us from being like this player played well this <laughs> player played bad you know but yeah. you know it, it, cody makes it easy to you know to, to root for him and right. uh you know the rest of the rookie class as well a lot of great guys uh moving forward but uh you know jc while we have you on the show just your overall outlook of the Bucks offense, maybe specifically that offensive line, um, the changes that they've made this year uh, going into the season. Uh, just what what's your overall thoughts of, of this group? Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I'm more optimistic than most people about the Bucks this season. I don't know. It's because I spent so much time in Tampa now that I'm, you know, I'm just yeah. starting to, to pull for the team. It's getting to know the guys and being here at instead of like a national level, being at a local level and getting to watch these guys and hear these guys and see the amount of work they put in. But I, I'm high on the offensive line and the offense in general. I mean, you know, you look at, I think Gedeke is going to take a, <laughs> Gedeke's going to take a big jump uh, this year. He's obviously putting the work in. Um, I really like Filer, what he brings, the size to that line. I think Tristan's not going to skip a beat. Having Jensen back to set the tone um, is going to be huge. And, and whether it's Cody, whether it's Nick, uh, Leverett, whether it's, you know, one of these other guys, I think they're in a good position. And, and most importantly, I mean, obviously tackles a little sketchy there uh, as far yeah. as depth goes, but on the interior where you were hit the hardest really last season is I think uh, yeah. you have a good spot. I'm so excited for Canales' offense because I think it's going to put all of these players in a position to do 
what the to, to, to excel and succeed. I mean, you look at last year's system was trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. You know, you're yeah. just out there saying we're going to beat you with our best guys, and that's how we're going to do it. We're not going to do pre-snap motion. You know, talking to the, some of the offensive linemen, you know, in the room, they would go to the coaching staff and say, hey, we feel really comfortable about these run plays, and they wouldn't get called. You hear Coach Goody say last season, in the middle of the season, he doesn't call the plays, you know, that they had runs that they could have called, and they don't. And I think, you know, when you look at Canales' system, it, it's not only going to put the offensive line in a good position, it's a very quarterback-friendly offense. It's going to put them in a good position. The running backs are going to be able to get out in space with their athletic offensive linemen. And still, you know, you worry about, you know, the wide receivers saying that they're going to marry the run and marry the uh, the pass and everything, and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be more of a run-based team. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett both had over 1,000 yards last season. And, yes, I do think – I do think Evans will get a thousand yards this season, guys. The streak continues. <laughs> all right, sue me. I had to. I had to pick something. All right, crazy. And and all right, I was wrong. I apologize to the Bucks fans and to Mike Evans. He got a thousand yards. I'll apologize to him in person at, at his gala. Which, if you haven't signed up for, they're doing actually a free giveaway. All I got to do is donate thirteen dollars to be entered into it, and you get golf tickets and gala tickets. So definitely check that out. But that I will is, apologize to him. That is uh, June tenth. <laughs> Uh, yep, June 9th is the golf and June yeah. 10th is the gala. Yeah, I mean, no one is right 100% of the time, you know, when it comes to making predictions. It's funny, I was actually listening to a podcast that Charles Barkley was on, and he was like, essentially, the reason why I hate Skip Bayless, and he was like, one, because he has that bias that we were talking about, where like two guys will do the exact same thing, whether it's like LeBron and Giannis or whoever, and whether he likes a guy or not, he'll be like, oh, this is great because of this, or, oh, he didn't do that because of this. And he doesn't treat the guys the same way in terms of this guy played well, this guy played bad. So he <laughs> hates that he has that, like, specific agenda slash bias right. to him. And two, he said he just likes messing with them because he's thin-skinned. So I thought that was uh, <laughs> I'm surprised more people aren't on me for saying Devin White would be a top three in, in defensive player of the year. <laughs> Listen, I mean, again, you're not going to be right 100% uh, of the time. Someone, someone got mad at me a couple of weeks or like a week ago. I was, I, I tweeted a couple of things because the Mets took two out of three of the Rays. And yeah. this guy was like, you thought Joe Tryon-Shanka was going to be good this year. And I was like, yeah, I predicted he was going to have a, a, a solid season. And it didn't turn out that way. And he's like, you said he had a great game week one. I was like, yeah, I did. I thought he played well. And then the rest <laughs> of the season, he did it. Like, what do you want me to do? You know, so you're never, you're never going to be right 100% of the time. I want to get to a couple more comments before we yeah. uh, finish the show. Uh, Grace Point says, Russell Gage already hurt, so do we need a wide receiver three? So we'll get some clarification this week. But so Grace Point, what, what they're talking about is Baker Mayfield was talking about playing with Mike and Chris and the wide receiver group, how he said it's like, He's truly impressed by what they bring. And he said Russell uh, got a bit of an injury. He said last week, but it may have been he just misspoke and he was talking about when Russell got hurt last year. Not totally 100% sure. He could have got hurt last week, or it may have just been a, uh, you know, uh, a misquote by Baker Mayfield. Let's also keep in mind it is May. So if you're going to get injured or anything, might as well get hurt now than in when he got hurt last year in late July and, and August. So, uh, and you know, this gives this wide receiver room is going to look very different. They're not going to be that tall, but 
with the new offense, they don't need like extremely tall wide receivers. They need speed. And that's what Trey Palmer is going to bring. Devin Tompkins, we have a story about him today on pewterreport.com. Definitely check that out. Devin Tompkins at least has speed. He doesn't have the height, but you know what? Right. That, that's all right. So don't sleep on this Bucks wide receiver group just yet. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I think he obviously, you know, you have your top three there and Russell Gage, you know, obviously uh, Mike and Chris. Um, but then they brought in David Moore, who's got experience in the league as well. He's got four years in the league. And I really, you know, at this point, I think, yeah, they're all young guys. They're the rookies, the second year players. But if you look at Devin Tompkins, Kalen Geiger, uh, Rakeem Jarrett, Trey Palmer, yeah. Tate Barber, who's been catching everything thrown his way, yeah. Cade Warner. They have really good wide receivers on this roster that are really going to challenge and, and push for some of these roster spots. I mean, Rakeem Jarrett probably should have been drafted um, where or either earlier or where Trey Palmer was. Trey Palmer probably should have been drafted a little earlier, but held him back was just one year production in, in, in college. And, you know, only because he was behind Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, you know, right, Butte, right. Uh, Terrence Marshall Jr. Like the, uh, he was stuck behind some amazing, some of the best top 10 wide receivers in the league right now. So that's why he didn't get a, an, an opportunity, only one year production, but you know, I think in, as far as the wide receiver room, they're in pretty good shape. Could they stand to add a veteran? Yeah. But now you're just exposing another one of these guys potentially to waiver wires, um, which could you know yeah. end up you know hurting your depth on the practice squad now that you can elevate guys multiple times a year. So it, there, there's definitely, you know, I, I think some upside. And I think even Todd Bull said that, you know, uh, in his press conference the other day, that it's going to be a hard decision to make because of the guys they have in and what they like. Of course, we haven't seen them in pads yet caveat yeah. to everything but I, i'm i'm excited for what these young guys can bring yeah yeah definitely uh i don't want to say a lot of potential but there's potential out there so uh we'll right. be ex- will be fun to keep an eye on uh just want to remind everybody we're wrapping up the show now but want to remind everybody scheduling next week we are not going to have a show on monday it is memorial day Everyone enjoy the weekend. Um, Obviously, we want to pay homage to uh, those that have served and unfortunately passed away defending our country. But uh, we will not be having a show on Monday for Memorial Day. Then Tuesday, we're back at OTAs at practice. Uh, A lot of Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask. Uh, We'll recap everything from uh, week two of OTAs, at least the second OTA that uh, media can be at. And then Wednesday, we'll be back. So that's Tuesday at 4. Wednesday night, we have another guest on the show, running back Rashad White, recurring guest. He was on the show uh, last year. Scott and JC were on that one. And Rashad is returning again next Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Going to be very exciting to talk to Rashad, uh, who, of course, uh, had a pretty solid year as a rookie, was also um, our Bucks train camp diary player uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So going to be great with Rashad White. So one more time, reminder. And everywhere, too. Yeah, no show on Monday. Tuesday, we uh, will give our analysis on OTAs. And Wednesday night, we have Rashad White back on the show. Uh, before we sign off, just want to remind everybody to please – Follow, like, and subscribe to Pewter Report. Our social media is at Pewter Report uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Please hit that like button to our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. Please like and subscribe if you like the show. 
If you like when we have guests, especially player guests, um, all the videos that we put out as well, please just do us a favor and like and subscribe to that. But with all that said, that's going to do it for us on tonight's show. For J.C. Allen, for Cody Malk, our guest of the evening, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching. We love you, Pewter people. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next week for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Stay safe. Have a great time. Peace out. Out.